Presented by Kamuk Ukulele Magazine, this is Ukulele Stories. Hello, I'm Cameron Murray, and welcome to a special Christmas-themed episode of Ukulele Stories. Gracie Terzian is a ukulele-playing singer-songwriter and actor living in New York City. In 2015, she gained attention in the jazz world with the release of her debut EP, Saints and Poets, and has just released a lovely Christmas album titled Bells and White Branches. In our chat, we talk about the holidays, creativity, and her preference for the unusual harp ukulele. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Gracie. Welcome to Ukulele Stories. Thank you. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Now, the, f- the first thing I want to ask is, the main thing that I think separates you from other pro ukers is that you play a harp ukulele. Yes. Now, can you describe the instrument for us yeah. and, and tell us why you chose it? Yeah. So, it's... Um, it. M- Part of it is just like a normal ukulele, so it, with a, yeah, just normal ukulele, but it has an extra arm, uh, and this extra arm has four bass harp strings, and so um, they're, uh, like other harp ukuleles, sometimes they have two strings, three strings, uh, I've seen ones with six strings before, but mine only has four, um, but they're they're drone strings, so they only play one note each, and there's no there are no frets on them. So you have to you have to kind of choose the the four notes that you want to be able to pluck with it. Um, in a dream world, I would have one with uh, you know twelve harp strings, but uh, I don't <laughs> I haven't had anybody make me one yet. So maybe someday. But um, you can kind of you know if you're playing. I mean, it's I I tend to I guess the most common tuning that I keep on those strings is uh, F, A, C, and D, but I definitely adjust them depending on the song, and um, mm. I don't like to adjust them too much during a show because it can just, it's, you know, they they're, they can be a little um, difficult to tune. and they can Temperamental? S- yeah, temperamental, exactly. <laughs> and so um, I, I prefer not to waste too much time doing that, but I have these little pieces of ivory that I'll stick under them to uh, sort of move them up a half step if I want to as well, um, which works a little better in a live show setting. But anyway, yeah, they're 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 harp strings, they're bass harp strings, so they're quite low, um, and it's nice because I think it gives the ukulele a more rounded out sound, and so it has adds this depth to the sound, and which is which is nice. Um, yeah, and it's um, you you sort of pluck it them with your thumb. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, you don't have to do that, but that's what I, I do. I'm still, every day, I'm still trying to figure out how, how exactly to play it. So it's a learning process, I think. Because there aren't too many, uh, like, harp ukulele manuals or people. I mean, there, no. there are harp guitar players is more common. And people, I mean, there are other harp ukulele players, of course, but there's not, like, there aren't really, like, harp ukulele textbooks you can read to <laughs> learn how to pick no. them and stuff. I, t- I think it works better with kind of finger picking patterns and cause it's a little hard to pluck the strings with your thumb and strum at the same time. So usually I'll sort of strum and then do finger picking stuff where I incorporate the harp strings. And then when I'm strumming, I tend to not incorporate them. So it's just, maybe someday I'll figure out how to strum and hit them at the same time. But right now I'm not quite, quite skilled enough. So <laughs> how, how is the ukulele part tuned then? Um, it's just tuned normally G, C, E and A. Okay. Um, like I've, I, I do sometimes play around with, um, like I will actually, when I first started playing ukulele, I, I always played my ukulele tuned G flat, C, E flat and A, 
which is quite odd. Mm. Um, and um, I think there are some benefits to that tuning, but ultimately it's not really necessary. Um, but it's, it is interesting, and certain things are a little easier with that tuning. Um, you kind of get some upper extensions that get closer to each other in different chord shapes. So if you're playing lots of chords that, you know, with all these extensions on them, then um, they can be sort of more comfortable chord shapes. So the notes are closer together in the fretboard. But if you want to just be playing like major and minor chords or things that are a little simpler, I don't know if it's necessarily better or easier. Um, and I also think that the way the ukulele is tuned, like with in normal GCEA tuning, sometimes it's a little, there are certain keys I think that are easier to play in than others. And um, I think with when you make it G flat, C, E flat, and A, it's like other keys become easier than to play in. I don't know. But anyway, I, nowadays I mostly play with the normal GCEA tuning, but still I do go back to that other tuning every once in a while for fun. So, um, but yeah, but the ukulele part is, yeah, it's just too normal. So. Well, do you also play the harp? Oh, I wish. No, I don't. That'd be like my dream instrument to be able to play, but I don't. Um, yeah, I never even attempted to play a harp in another lifetime, maybe. Um, but yeah, you asked how I had um, first just found the harp ukulele, and it was a. Uh, I was just on a YouTube black hole watching, you know, video and then auto playing another video, and then it was like three a.m. and I saw this video of the harp ukulele. And I just thought it sounded so beautiful, and I was definitely intrigued by the way it looked as well. Um, and then I just started looking at more and more videos of them, and I decided I, I really wanted to get one. And actually, before that time, I had never played a ukulele before, so um, I went I went on to I just searched for harp ukulele, and I found one on Amazon, and I ordered it, and that was that was that. So it was kind of a impulse buy, but it was um, it ended up, and I was lucky. It, it was a nice one too. It was made by Inui Nui. Um, and it's really, yeah, it's a very nicely made harp ukulele. So it was kind of. Yeah. And, and that's the one you, you still currently play that one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard to come by. There aren't too many people who make them. I mean. No, I've seen some custom ones. And uh, I mean, they've got a long history though. If you go back to the 20s and 30s, yeah. they used to. I've seen some from the 30s. But yeah, contemporary makers don't really go for them for whatever no. reason. No. There should be more of them, though, I right? know, and I think that people actually, like, I, as I said, I get a lot of people who will message me and ask, where can I buy one? And I, I mean, I send them a few names of people who I have heard of making them, but it's not, I wish I had more obvious places to direct them, because it's not very easy. And the Anui Nui ones, they ended up only making a very limited amount of them. I think they said that they they ended up not being, um, like, very, like, it was just wasn't as profitable, and so they had to discontinue them. So those Anui Nui ones, it's like you have to wait for someone else to sell theirs to get get one of those. So um, it would be nice if a bigger company started making them because uh, it became a little easier to find. But I was just thinking I, I should uh, talk to the the people at Ohana. I'm sure that they could they could maybe do it. Really? Yeah, you should tell them to make make one with a bunch of harp strings. So, you have more okay. more options. Right. That's what sounds good. <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be their first customer if it has a lot of harp strings. So there you go. All right. <laughs> well, you got, they've already got one customer. Exactly. So, oh, maybe I'll get one too. So there you go. There's two. two. Exactly. There's two of us. We'll make it happen. 
you primarily, I guess, are known for playing jazz. Uh, what is it about jazz that attracts you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, I grew up listening to it because my father likes it a lot, so it was playing around the house a lot. Um, Who were you listening to in those days, or oh, through your dad? By yeah, he listened to. Um, I mean, he listened to. He listens to a lot of uh, Thelonious Monk, Duke Ellington. Um, he likes Count Basie. Um, he likes yeah. He those are some, probably some of his favorite. He likes Mel Torme. He likes Ella Fitzgerald. Um, he yeah he he listens. He is a. I mean, he listens to a wide range of people, but those are some of his top favorites. So, um, so yeah, so I heard it a lot growing up, and I don't know. It's hard to not like it, I think, but of course some people don't. But um, I think I I like the groove and the, um, the you know, the usually jazz has uh, interesting things going on rhythmically and harmonically, and um, yeah, it's, it, it's a fun and interesting and quite beautiful a lot of the a lot of music so yeah I think um yeah it's hard to describe why you like you know it's like why do you like the taste of chocolate cake it's anything it's like it tastes good it's I don't know true. it sounds good it feels good to listen to um but yeah that's always the thing with these podcasts so it's, it's always easy to ask questions and answer <laughs> no no uh, it's a good a question few a few times a few times the guests have turned on me and I'm just dumbstruck <laughs> Uh, you seem to have a, a bit of a penchant for uh, romantic songs. Why is that? Oh, oh, I um, that I guess it's uh, mm, well, when you think about what are the things, the sort of bigger concepts in life worth writing about, I guess that's like love and you know relationships is one of the major ones that consumes your mind. So. Um, yeah. It's true, isn't it? Actually, I read somewhere um, recently that before a certain time, I don't know, probably 19th century, I guess, all, all, most songs were religious about you know God, mm-hmm. and uh, now they're pretty much all about love. That's like, the, the, they went from one huge theme to another. Well, they're kind of related in a way. I mean, it's... I mean, Very true, yeah. Sometimes I'll write, actually... I mean, I'm I'm not particularly religious, but I consider myself mildly religious I you know I um and I sometimes will write songs in sort of about God or but then I'll sort of change the lyrics at the last minute to make them not be about God and maybe about a person instead or something like that so just so that it's not religious music um and not that there's anything wrong with religious music it's just that um you know so that it's more accessible to Anybody who's maybe not, or I don't know. Um, but so, yeah, the two are kind of, they can sound similar, <laughs> I guess, you know. What do you think the key is to, to, to writing a good song? Hmm. The key to writing a good song? Well, I think, well, we could talk about the music or the lyrics. I mean, um, I think, I think musically, I think, I think having a, in my opinion, having like a truly beautiful melody or catching melody is really important. So I think, um, you know, having a melody that isn't just sort of created like as a sort of the secondary thing out of, you know, 
I don't know, but that it really comes from this, sure. a true, yeah, this like, it's truly something you hear in your head. That's like a melody you can't get out of your head. So you have to write it down or that it's really coming from a place that's like, um, yeah, catchy and, um, you know, enticing or, you know, that really is quite, you know, beautiful or something. Um, and I mean, it's nice to have interesting, uh, pretty you know, harmonies as well. And, chord structure on them, um, on the melody, but I think having a, a nice melody is sort of maybe the most important thing. And I also think, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm the best at doing this myself, but I think that, in fact, it's something I probably need to work on more, but I think one thing that makes a song really good is when it has a really good, like, instrumental hook sort of within it, not just like the, so there's the lyrics and the, I mean, there's the melody and the chords and all the instruments, but then there's this instrumental, you know, da -da 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 -da, or whatever the, you know, instrumental hook is, it's kind of playing with it. That kind of, that tends to usually make a song good. But I mean, also in my mind, having a nice groove can also be, make a song good. So there are a lot of different things that can make a song good, you know, as long as it has one of those things really great, then maybe it'll be enjoyable. And then I guess for lyrics, as, um, you know, I, th I think I like lyrics that are um, something a little, sometimes maybe weirder or a little more interesting uh, or, or, or just very honest and straightforward. Um, um, I like some, sometimes I find lyrics that are sort of so, so blatantly straightforward that they're almost awkward. I kind of like that sometimes because it's sort of tr truthful, you know, it's like how people actually talk. But then I also, on the, on the flip side of that, I also like lyrics that are very poetic and, you know, not at all how you might actually talk in real life. So Okay. Well, what does your um, songwriting process look like and has it changed or evolved over time? Um, yeah, it has evolved over time. Um, I guess nowadays... Um, I guess in the past I used to maybe start with lyrics more first and, but not always. I used, no, I guess nowadays I almost always start with like a melody and chords first or something like that, or a little riff. And then I try to put lyrics to it second. Um, but sometimes I'll write lyrics separately and then just try to put it on one of the melodies I'm working on. So I'll try to smush two things together. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, I've always kind of like written down, you know, lyric ideas whenever I think of them, whether in my phone or something like that, just cause it's when you do are sitting down to write, it's always helpful to be able to open up some, you know, this little like book of, Oh, here are a bunch of different ideas, you know, that I can use and sort of to generate new ideas. Um, Yeah. And another thing I like to do is I have like this big wall of, um, magnet words on my, like on a, it's actually on my filing cabinets cause they're magnetic. And, um, when I'm sitting down to write lyrics, sometimes I'll just stare at that just so that my, I see like random words. Cause sometimes if you're thinking of a sentence and then, you know, you're thinking of you have maybe a kind of cliche thought in your head or line in your head, but then you'll look at these random words and suddenly it'll trigger your brain to think of other words that you might, maybe you'll use one of the words that's on one of the magnets, or maybe you'll um, <clears throat> think of a different word. So just to kind of jumpstart your brain and think of new words. Um, 
So I, I and I, I guess I wasn't always doing that. I started doing that maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, how often, how often do you sort of sit down and actually attempt to write? Is it, do you have the discipline to, to do that on a regular basis or is it just when the inspiration kind of strikes? Um, it's kind of like when I have time for it, to be honest. I mean, I don't, um, it's not, uh, like for me, it's really fun. So it's not, um, like this thing I have to force myself to, to do or like, oh, you really need to sit down and write some stuff. Like I'll just be, if too much time passes and I haven't had time to, you know, sit down and write stuff, I'll start really itching to and wanting to. So, um, it's not something that I have time to do every day, unfortunately, but I mean, at least a few times a week, probably I'll sit down and write some things. Um, yeah, I wish it could be more, but you know, it's only so many hours in the day. So, um, but yeah, and sometimes it can be hard to just spend a little bit of time writing, you know, sometimes, at least for me, I prefer to really sit down and write for at least an hour, you know, or several hours. It's kind of hard to just do it for 20 minutes or at least for me. So, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can write quickly. I mean, I could probably force, it would probably be a good exercise to try to, you know, people say like, oh, you know, try writing a song a day, even if it's, you know, just taking 15 minutes. I'm sure I, you know, it would be a good exercise, but I don't, I don't do that right now. So, uh, what would you like people to get out of your uh, original music? Well, I guess it's you know, if uh, something speaks to them or they can connect with, or you know, if they're going through a situation or they feel, you know, if they hear the lyrics and think, oh, that reminds me of this person or this situation they're going through, or the situation I'm going through, or you know. I guess that's that's the goal. Um, yeah, and if for people to just enjoy it. <laughs> uh, who are some of your favorite uke players then? Who who inspires you? Oh, I was I thought you might ask me this question as you were calling, and I was like, oh, who am I going to say if you ask me that? Because there are a lot of good people. Um, <laughs> um, you don't want to leave anyone out. I know, I know. It's like, oh no, I really needed to think <laughs> this one through. Um, I'm always I'm always bad with actually just the question of at all of like who which musical artist do you like a lot because they're just i mean i tend to not like so many i know and i the thing is i don't i don't like there i mean there are a few artists who i really like zone in on and say like okay i'm obsessed with their work and i but they're not many and it's it's um so i do listen to like quite a lot of different people and i don't get super um into just one person at a time for like that often but um <clears throat> but oh man uh, uh i don't even know where to begin you, you don't have to answer by the way no no i mean i feel like i you asked me a question i have to answer it now so i can't <laughs> i can't hide um i can't I'll get out of here yeah yeah like that's like a i gotta face up to the question um i don't know i mean um i love I love, I mean, I, I recently got to see Victoria Vox live and I really enjoyed her live show. You know, all the stuff she does with looping pedals is really awesome. Um, and she's a great songwriter and, um, performer as well. Um, I mean, I love watching Taimane as well. Um, oh God, I mean, there, there are so many, I mean, obviously Jake Shimabukuro is amazing. It's, there just are so many people. I don't, I don't even want to begin to name names. There's two. Um, 
I, yeah. I guess you'd like you'd like Benny Chong and uh, Lyle Ritz as well, being a, a jazz fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I was reading on the internet, so this may not be true at all. But uh, you were born in Rhode Island, grew up in Virginia. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. All right, but uh, you live in New York now. Uh huh. Why Why did you choose to to move to New York? Um. Well, I originally uh, I was actually a drama major in college and I moved to New York for theater stuff actually because New York is definitely the place to be for theater um I mean New York is also a good place to be for music especially for jazz um but uh I don't know if I necessarily would have moved there for music because you can kind of be in a lot of different places for you know as a musician nowadays especially with the internet and New York's New York's quite a, a competitive place for musicians I imagine Oh, yeah. I mean, the really good thing about New York is that there are a lot of great musicians to play with. So it's fun. You know, you can have, you know, sessions with all kinds of amazing players and there are always great people available to play with you. And so that's fun. And there's, you know, always there's always someone in town playing every night that's amazing. So you can always go see great live shows if you want. Um, Good inspiration. Yeah, but no, I moved there really for theater. Um and when I first graduated, I was doing mostly theater stuff, but then music sort of took over my life and time. So, Are you still involved at all with theater? Not that much right now. I'd like to be more. It's just, yeah, I'm like hoping maybe someday I'll write music for theater and there'll be some full circle or it'll seem like there was some plan to all of it. <laughs> but right now I'm doing mostly music, not in context with theater. I have done some writing music for theaters and theater productions and things like that. But um, it's mostly, I've mostly just been working on my own music and yeah. Um, and teaching. I teach, I teach ukulele as well. Um, coming out of university then, was it sort of your aim to get to Broadway or did you want to do movies? What, what was your plan? Um, I guess. Or dream, I guess. Yeah, I guess um, more. I was more interested in theater and Broadway than film, but I wasn't not interested in film. It's, um, it was more just, well, I mean, I, I, I sang and danced and stuff and that those two skills as well lend themselves more to theater than film. So, um, I thought I had a better chance in working in theater than in film. So, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't sure that I would always want to be an actor. It was something that I, I liked in the moment, and I thought, well, you know, I've been doing it this long, and you know, it's fun. <laughs> um, keep, keep it going. Yeah, but I don't know if I, I kind. I think always in the back of my head, I, I thought that I wanted to do some other things in my life too. I wouldn't didn't want to just do acting, but yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, I guess more. I guess I was a little more into theater than film. Um, but yeah. How do you think music and acting complement each other? I guess there's kind of a, a sense of drama in both, really. Yeah, they are. They're yeah, they're very different. I mean, it's like I mean, at least the skills are just totally different. I mean, you know, it's a little. I mean, I think when you're on stage as a performer, as a musical performer, there's a little more of this idea that you need to be yourself on stage or. You know, some people do play characters on stage, but if they do, they need to do it. They have to be acting very authentically. You know, you need you want to feel that the person is 
being authentic on stage. Can't really be a completely different person on stage and then off stage. Or if you are, you have to do it really believably. I mean, you have to, or you have to do it really believably, which I guess would be good acting. Yeah. But for me, I don't, I don't really have like a character that I become when I'm doing a musical performer or anything like that. So for me, it's very different because it's like I'm myself versus when I'm acting. It's like, well, then you're very much clearly playing another character and you have lines and it's, um, so there's not this quite, it's, it's a little different, at least as far as the performance aspect is concerned. It kind of feels like a different thing. Um, yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit scarier to be yourself, I think, on stage than get another character. You know it hide. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but th- but yeah, the, you're. I mean, as you said, the drum. I mean, they were, they are both performances, and so you know you are having to put on a compelling or entertaining performance for people. So you know that's the same. Well, tell us about your latest release then, uh, Bills and White Branches. Yeah. So um, I I had always wanted to record some Christmas music, and these are some of my favorite Christmas songs. They're all covers, and um, they're all very much uh, like the arrangements are sort of centered around the harp ukulele and the voice. Um, but there are other instruments on that as well. Um, background vocals as well. Um, so it's a more like a full band. But yes, the harp ukulele and the voice are kind of the central, I think, elements in the arrangements. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a Christmas album. Uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, um, Coventry Carol, Silent Night, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and The Christmas Song. Yeah, and uh, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite? Um, I think that God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen is my favorite. Um, okay. Yeah. And it always has been since you were a kid? Or? Oh, oh, on the album. I didn't know if you meant... I was saying on the album, um, but... Oh, both, both. No, um, it is also, I think, one of my favorite Christmas songs. I don't know if I have a number one top favorite Christmas song, but I do love I'll Be Home for Christmas, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. I think those are my two favorite Christmas songs. I also love that chip, the chip, Chipmunk song, the Christmas, Christmas time is here. But I, did, I didn't record that one, but I do love that one. Well, ne- there's always next year. Exactly. You know. When it comes to the holidays, what do you most look forward to? Well, um being with my family uh no it's true though um it is do you have a do you have a big family uh i have one brother so it's not that big but um i like to go home and see my parents and um which is nice and we have little christmas traditions and you know setting up the christmas tree giving each other presents uh maybe making some food together and um yeah it's just, uh, I think it's just a nice, and uh, you know, I mean, everything shuts down on Christmas Day too, which is, can also be sort of annoying when you want to go get something or <laughs> call somebody and True. it's like everything is shut down. But it is nice because it kind of forces you to detach from the world. So uh, just for at least, at least sort of two days and be with the people around you, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think just being a family and I, I mean, I do love Christmas music too, so listening to Christmas music, singing Christmas songs, um, all that stuff has always been sort of the highlight of the season for me. I, I guess you'll always, you always have a white Christmas because you're on the East Coast, right? Um, it's definitely not always white. It doesn't always snow at that time of year, but um, it's actually... It, See, mo- movies have led me astray. Yeah, then. yeah. 
Well, yeah, no, it's it's not. I know. Well, whenever it does happen, um, people are always very excited. It actually is kind of rare. I mean, you know, it snows. It snows a lot in the winter, but the chances that it's snowing on Christmas Day are not that high. So when it is like a truly wintry wonderland on Christmas, it's usually not the case. So, um, but yeah, when that does happen, it's it's like oh, finally, it's just like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, but in Australia, it's. I know this is always. I've always thought it was totally bizarre that it's like warm and Christmas time. I'm like, what? yeah, we'll what? We'll go to the, go to the beach and have a barbecue. Yeah, yeah, what on earth? I was like, that was impossible. This is <laughs> not anything I ever thought about Christmas. Yeah, I learned that. I mean, I I should have realized that, but one of my Australian friends had pointed that out out to me a few years ago, and I said, oh my gosh, are you serious? But yeah, it's pretty mind blowing. Well, it's, it's kind of strange because I mean because of the colonial thing in Australia, you know, we, we kind of, a lot of people still put up that kind of pretense of it is cold. So you have, you know, roast turkey and things when it's 40 <laughs> degrees outside. Well, 40 degrees centigrade. Right. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a, a weird idea. Customs from the old country. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot, sometimes we have Christmas in July here. Really? So we switch it around. So yeah. So when it is cold, uh, <laughs> like the, we get a little bit of snow here as well. Well, there's actually quite a lot of snow in June and July in the in the that's, Alps. That's so weird. Um, and so yeah, a lot of people put on. You know, actually, we did one with our family this year. Really? So, Just know, so you can have the cold, wintry Christmas and, thing. Yeah, yeah, sort of a wintry feel. But I mean, <laughs> it's so still funny. it doesn't really feel that's like Christmas. So funny. <laughs> Wait, is it on a specific day? Not really. Oh, no. It's just no, people it's just, just pick whenever. During, <laughs> yeah, whenever it's coldest. I guess. That's so funny. That's, a, that's my fun fact <laughs> of the day. It's an excuse to have a party. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's great. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, what do you want for Christmas then? Um, it's like a harp ukulele with uh, six or more harp strings. No. Um, oh, I, how, I don't know. Um, you get to an age, really, don't you, where you're sort of like, well, I've kind of got everything I yeah. need. But, you know, I, yeah. It's like or yeah. everything I want is like very expensive or it's like, I'd like a, <laughs> I'd like a $3,000 camera or it's like, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like a new computer. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a Rolls Royce. but you know, Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I always <laughs> like getting socks. There's always getting holes. So I always tell my parents oh, really? that those are, that's a safe present, a nice pair of socks or, you know. Those will get used. Yeah. So a, a whimsical pair of socks, like yeah. something on them or? Anything. Just socks. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, what about you? What, what What do you want for Christmas this year? What do I want? God. Sorry, See, yeah, I just turned, turned the present on, now, on you. So. Well, I, you know, I, I, I like a, a whimsical sock myself, <laughs> so that would be welcome. Good. Um, what else do I want? God, I, I just want to. I, I want time to relax. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> just the day, the day off. <laughs> it's like a week off. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a few days off, so that'll be good. That's good. Uh, I'll get what I wish for, and you know, just as you say, just to to be with the family and and hang out. Yeah, that's that's good enough for me, mm-hmm. really. Um, okay, well, final question then. Uh, how has music helped you? Hmm. It's like, it hasn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> how has it helped me? Um, it's like, it's just made my life way worse. No, I'm totally kidding. It's all a joke. It's <laughs> not even true a little bit. Um, oh, man. I mean, uh, well, oh, I, well, okay. I mean, there are different, in a, several different ways. I mean, for one, um, 
I love, you know, all the wonderful people I've met through music and all the different, you know, a lot of my friends are musicians now. And so, you know, met a lot of great people. And that's obviously very important, if not the most important thing, you know, um, are, you know, friends in your life. Uh, but then, um, I, I think writing music has really given me a way of sort of artistic expression that I always, um, had wanted to do, but didn't really have the exact, um, method for, or I hadn't really figured out how to do it. Um, it's really, yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't really do any other kind of writing except songwriting. So, um, that's, you know, uh, it's like the thing I, the type of writing I enjoy the most for sure. So, um, so that's, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess it's, uh, been a fun outlet for me, you know, artistically speaking and creatively. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really fun to write music, you know, it's just, yeah. It's, it's, well, and it's your profession. Yeah, but it is really fun. I mean, even if I weren't working it, if I were doing another job, I would still do it for fun on the side. I mean, I would do it in my spare time. It's like, it's, you know, it's really fun. So, um, you know, and I mean, I, I, I didn't, I, I mean, I wish I had sort of discovered it earlier and started doing it when I was even younger. Um, but, um, mm. uh, I didn't really know how to go about writing music until, um, actually until, uh, I started working with this piano teacher named Wells Hanley, who sort of, sort of asked me to start bringing in things I had written and well, and he sort of, uh, and he taught me like, okay, like, so you've written this, now this is how you take it further, you know, do X. And so he kind of, he really sort of changed my life. So, um, yeah, wow. it's a, yeah, it's really just a fun, I mean, it's really a fun and enjoyable thing. So, I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to imagine at this point my life without ever having learned, oh, you can write music. It's not that, it's not that hard or, you know, it's something that you can, that's doable, um, so yeah, I often think I often think children should be more exposed to things like songwriting. You know, when they're in primary school. Yeah, absolutely. When they're young, you know. Totally. So yeah, as you say, you don't get to like. Well, I think both of us, you know, in in your twenties or whatever, and you think, oh, I'm going to try and write a song, but no one tells you how or. Yeah. <laughs> there's no real roadmap to do it. Yeah, I think I would, if I had, if someone had, well, I mean, when I was really little, I mean, I st studied piano growing up, but I was never that into it and I didn't practice as much as I should and um I think I kind of had this thought like well what's the point of me learning how to play this piano piece I'm not going to sound as good as you know these concert pianists whoever wrote it. and whoever wrote it or even just people who are practicing for you know hours a day it's like it was kind of like well what's the what am what am actually I going to add to this and I think if someone had showed me oh you know you could write songs I would have gotten much more excited about that and and then I would have said oh I want to practice now because I want to <laughs> be able to play my own songs well or you know learn more about music and that kind of now now I have a reason to study these other songs that other people have written and stuff so um yeah and actually I when I teach little kids sometimes I'll try to see if they're interested in songwriting because sometimes that they don't sometimes they really are and that can really be a way for it to click with them and get excited about music and learning music so that's kind of i try to well, i great. try to do that for, <laughs> for the younger kids that i'm i get to teach now so well what, what what advice do you give to 
people who are trying to get more involved with music or creativity of anything, any sort, really, uh, whether they be kids or adults? Mm, well, I feel like my answer would be different depending on the age of the person and also what exactly they want to do with music. If it's songwriting and if they're an adult, I would say they should try to get better at like writing things down maybe or really solidifying what they're what they're working on on paper you know I feel like sometimes people um like write ideas but they they're kind of they kind of half finish them or they don't like really fully write them out so trying to really get it down on paper and and also not um not like thinking that it's stupid while you're doing it and just to sort of generate material while you're working on it and you can always go back to it the next day and edit it and stuff like that so not to sort of judge yourself while you're doing it and then later go back and um Sort of, so getting it down on paper, you know, or a recording so that you can really, but I think your paper is even better, ideally both. And then, you know, not judging it until later. <laughs> well, that's a great answer. Uh, well, thank you very much for speaking to us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been a pleasure. Well, and uh, a very Merry Christmas to you. Yes, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right. Thanks very much, Gracie. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Thanks for listening to Ukulele Stories in 2019. I have some great interviews lined up already for 2020, so please subscribe so you never miss an episode. To take us out, here's Gracie's beautiful version of The Christmas Song. Happy holidays, and keep on strumming. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from 1 to 92 Although it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to you So I'm offering this simple phrase
concern many times many ways